Howdy, fuckers. So, this is the next episode of Bourbon Brothers on your Reek and Rant channel. We talk about a couple of things near and dear to my heart because I want a better understanding of it. So we talk about masculinity and the view of both my brother and Bob's views. And then we kind of touch into the anxiety and obviously go on a couple of tangents. Uh, hope you guys enjoy. Give it a like, share, and spread the word. Thanks. Send it. Howdy, all. So I have the brothers, uh, Bob and Dan here. Hey. So we're doing one of our bourbon bros. But meanwhile, Daniel's doing CBD. Oh, it's not CBD, man. All right. Uh, Bob's having rose. <laughs> wow, it's rose. an angry yeah, it's orchard hard cider rosé. Oh, it's a rose, you uncultured rose. swine. Meanwhile, you still can't drink alcohol without uh, some I ice in it. I, I, don't, I, I don't like so, it. I, I drink my meat like a man, so I yeah, like I can. It. I got enough man credit to burn up by drinking the the hard cider rosé mm. at the moment. I guess that's fair. You won that one. I, I can't do um, warm alcohol or uh, without ice. Like without it slightly watered down, I can't do it. I the what? See, it's I've debated on just getting cubes that don't melt into the whiskey and the bourbons because I just want it cold. Because okay. I actually, for a little while, I was leaving the Mickner bottles in the freezer, yeah. pouring them, no ice. What's, I just need it cold. What's the deal? Why don't people just put, like, whiskey in the freezer? I did. It, it's just because right. it takes so much... Most people... You can? It I, just I takes see. up so much fucking space. I guess. I, most people I see, they're all just, like, on the shelf. Like, I don't see anybody... It depends on... I mean, it depends on how, you know, quote-unquote, advanced of a drinker you are, what kind of a drinker you are, because it... It gets to a certain point, so like how Dave's drinking his whiskey right now, he's got the cubes in there. As the cubes melt, the, it waters it down. the water is mi- mixing with the whiskey and is changing the flavor. So like I like to drink my bourbon neat because now I'm getting all the flavors of the bourbon itself. And just on a whim, I went to a fire a couple weeks ago, and my buddy gave me a glass, and he's like, oh, you want some cubes? And it was a little warm, so I was like, yeah, you know, I'll put some cubes in there. And it was a bourbon I liked. It completely changed the, really? uh, the flavor on mm. me. Yeah. Well, like, probably because you're you're so used to the fact that you drink it without being Stockholm down. syndrome. You know, <laughs> you or go Stockholm through it. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes gross for a while, and then you get used to it. You're like, <laughs> it's great. No, 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 no. I want to go back to it. I I was was like, I'm, I'm okay with these life decisions. <laughs> I thought that was just Daniel. No, uh, both, both. Daniel's eyes just fucking dilated like crazy. Really? Yeah, like oh, crazy. It's like two. When you mentioned the anal. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got me guilty pleasure. Shit, he got me. Uh, so Receiving, not giving. We were talking, Daniel and I, last time about anxiety and like mental health. So I kind of feel like I want to go down that road again, but in the sense of everybody talks now about toxic masculinity and what masculinity is now today. And I feel like we all are different personalities but have a similar vibe to what we believe is masculinity. Right. So I'm going to start with you, Bob. To you, what is masculinity? Uh, I mean, that's, to me, it's always just been being a man, you know? It's, but, but elaborate on that. What it's, is that? It's, well, I'm, I'm trying to elaborate. Don't cut me <laughs> off. That was not very masculine of you. Um, or maybe or was it? I'm too <laughs> masculine. Oh, shit. Ooh, gotcha. Um, it, it's... I mean, there's the the toughness to it, the, the not being over emotional. The but it, it goes it goes deeper than that too. You know, if you're a husband or a father, it's it, it's being the head of your household and like the willingness to sacrifice for your family and your children and, and doing the stuff that you know 
you don't necessarily want to do but needs to get done for your family um it's to, to me that all that kind of stuff is is masculinity um not like necessarily going out and getting into fights and cracking skulls and all that sort of stuff so yeah i don't i don't know i mean i would need some time to really kind of sit down and kind of flesh it out and the it, it, it masculinity to me is a combination of toughness and, and personal responsibilities it's a on the spot broad strokes so when you say toughness do you just mean physical or is it also mental um I mean it, it can be both um it, it, that kind of toughness that leads to uh it, to resilience and I mean I think a bit of resilience is something we're all kind of lacking these days like you know you see a lot of these memes where it's like oh you know 18 year olds in 1942 stormed the beaches of Normandy <laughs> and today they need safe spaces because Trump says mean things on Twitter you know <laughs> um I, I do think there's a uh and it's probably connected to the fact that because we have the internet and social media and everything, we have such a wider, faster access to information. It, it's very easy to get a sense that maybe the world is falling apart and everything and start feeling a little bit panicky and a little bit, but you know, I don't know. It's that, that, uh, grabbing yourself by your bootstraps and pulling yourself up kind of toughness that, you know, yeah, just doing doing the work, you know, doing the work. Again, it's it, I know I'm kind of being broad strokes, but it's um, I'm having a hard time finding the words at the moment. I feel to really succinctly answer your question. What about you, Dan? Um, I, I do agree with that. The the toughness and the um, you know uh, uh, resilience actually. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a a, a problem with um, and maybe it, this is a little uh, on on how I am. Because uh, I feel like I can be tough, you know, I can get to that, reach that toughness when I need to be. And I feel like that's all that should be required to be considered like a man, you know. If Toughness? Yeah, like a toughness or a resilience when the time calls for it, you know. If like, um, you know, you need to step up to protect your family, absolutely, you know. But uh, I feel like with um, toxic masculinity, um, uh, you brought that up, um, I, I feel like people underestimate other other men, other, like, you know, they'll, they'll consider uh, things that they don't necessarily agree with as weak, and I feel like they'll, you know, beat up on that guy because of that, and I feel like that could be toxic, you know. Not necessarily the resilience or the toughness that a man needs to protect his family, to stand up when he needs to, you know, to fight what he believes in, you know, not necessarily that, but... You're, an you're answering two questions, though. Well, not even two questions. You're answering a question to bring in a secondary piece. Right. Forget the toxic side. Okay. To you, besides the pulling yourself up by the bootstraps mm -hmm. and being tough, if you met another guy, what would, to you, go, you know what, he's a man's man? You know what, I think it's just um, really sticking up for whatever you believe in and, and whatever it is. I mean, if, uh, let's say someone believes in the stupidest thing in the world, like, um, no one should say anything offensive ever, if they believe in that, but they fight for that. You know, I, I believe there, there's a certain manly quality to that. You know, they're fighting for what they believe in. It might not necessarily be what someone might consider to be tough or whatever, but it's what they believe in. They, they stand up for it. And So, to me at least, that, that's more conviction mm -hmm. than their masculinity. Okay, I guess so. Um, but 
I, I feel like uh, the majority of men would look at that and say, oh, that guy's a pussy. That guy is not masculine. He's he's feminine. You know, I would point that. Exactly, yeah. I'll, I'll own that. I would. But uh, sure, maybe it's not a mainstream masculinity, but there's a certain, I guess, toughness to that. He's sticking up for what he believes in, whether how stupid it is or whatever, you know, whatever anyone wants to call it. But, you know, I feel like it's, uh, you know, fighting for what you believe in, uh, you know, no matter the personal cost. And, um, you know, I feel like that that's it. Maybe the that's reason I'm, I'm asking each of you individually, mm -hmm. because I think this is not an easy, it's A or B, right. it's one or two. I think this is such a broad topic. This has so many twists and flavors and, and pieces to it. It's not just, it, it's a guy that pulls himself up by the bootstrap and holds himself to his convictions. Right. Because your view of it, though in line with Bob's, is still slightly different. Right. And just like every one of us, we're all individuals, have slightly different views on everything. To me, at least, masculinity is the willingness to, just like Bob said, sacrifice for the people you love and the things you love. Right. Stand your ground, defend your home, defend your family. But I've also found in having children now, it's not just that. It's also, it's also being able to give up on this facade you build as a man of like... Alright, I'm tough, no one's gonna fuck with me, I'm gonna deal with bullshit. Sometimes you have to dance to dumb music with your kid. Right. Because that's oh, what's gonna, that's yeah. what's gonna make your kid absolutely. happy. Because at the end of the day, sooner or later you're gonna be dead and that kid turns into a man or a woman and has those memories. So are you gonna be the memory of dad being a dick or dad had a good time with me and he, he did whatever we wanted to right. do? You know, I think too much throughout life, you know, especially with our culture me and Daniels, the the man is the man, he, he has the baby, he, he provides for the family, he says what, what is done, and, and I am the law, and you move the fuck on. Nobody argues with dad, nobody argues right. with your grandpa, nobody argues with the man, but I think at this point, like, to pull, to wanting to maybe filter out the, the going to what you said, the toxic side of it, mm -hmm. You got to be silly with your kids. Right. You got to be willing to acknowledge you're wrong. You got to be willing to be silly with the people you love and stupid and be embarrassed and acknowledge when you're not doing great or acknowledge that, you know, I'm not always perfect. And something to you and I talked about earlier or in the previous podcast, like too many of us as men don't tell our closest people we love when we're not okay. Right. Even if it's just like a, a side note of like, hey, I'm tired, hey, things are really wearing on me, or I'm mm -hmm. depressed, or I'm having super anxiety, I, I can't cope with things, or even the flip side, when we are fucking happy, you know, sometimes we feel that if we constantly bring that up, if, say, the other person's not in that situation, or they don't relate, or whatever it may be, you feel like you're making them feel bad, but all ships rise with the water and the tide, and if you can bring up your good times, maybe the people around you will also be lifted by that. I personally, especially since my daughter's been born, have, like, I had a hard time in the beginning, like, processing having a girl. Like... I remember, yeah. yeah. It's, it's... It's no longer just... It's not, like, cut and dry in what I've always envisioned it to be and what it was going to be. My son and, you know, I'm going to make him tough and we're going to be men and we're, and we're going to be the Rivera line and we're going to carry it on. I have a woman to raise who, who needs to be strong and never be victimized and be able to defend herself and stand her ground and not be mm -hmm. weak not be 
soft, but at the same time, she's still a woman, and she's completely different than me and the way I function and the way I operate. Well, you could say be soft without being weak. And and that's that's true. Yeah. And for me, that that is where it's going to be the hardest part because I am a shut off everything you feel and get to work type. Like put your put your fucking axe to the grindstone and just fucking start hacking. Right. You know, it, it's for me. It's going to be hard to turn that down. Well, that's also too why I'm a big proponent on every child needs a a parent of each gender ideally and I know in 2019 that's not a popular opinion that you need both a mom and a dad but you know you have not experienced what it is to be a girl growing up and Mm -hmm. then you know hitting puberty and having all those changes and feelings and emotions and all this stuff and that's that is where you are also going to have to set your pride aside and lean heavily on your wife to take a lead on a lot of stuff with your daughter and kind of go to her and say, you know, well, what the fuck do I do with this situation? You know, what do I, what do I do? And, you know, hopefully, you know, she'll steer you the right way and you guys will be able to figure it out because there's never an easy answer. There's, there's no guides to it. Every and, kid is different. And it's also going to be accepting the fact that, you know what, sometimes she's going to be sad and I'm going to have no fucking idea and there's nothing I'm going to be able to do and some boy's going to break her fucking heart mm-hmm. and I can't just go to the high school and put a fucking nine in, in somebody's, some kid's fucking head because he broke my daughter's heart yeah. or beat the fuck out of him. Right. Like, I'm going to have to be like, boys are assholes. Yeah. And, and move on and teach her to value herself as a woman but at the same time I also want to teach her that if a guy steps out of line break his fucking nose and choke him out like it's such a weird spot for me because I refuse to raise a daughter who's going to be a fucking victim like if a guy gets fucking handsy with her gets out of line I want her to choke him out I want her to be able to break a fucking nose, break his fucking arm, do whatever. At least be able to defend herself. But that, but, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> not straight to assaulting uh, another human. You know what? I, I'd be okay with her just fu- yeah. fucking straight assaulting. Right. But that, again, is me. Yeah. And that, that's where it, it's a hard part for me because you and I grew up, like, I got into fights in high school all the time. Nobody right. called the parents. Well, that's a different area, too, a different culture there, you know? But... It was also just a different time. Oh, yeah, and a different time. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, I started a fight that I had no right starting, and I got the shit kicked out of me. Mm-hmm. And I deserved it. Right. But I didn't run to mommy and daddy. I didn't run to an authority figure. Mm-hmm. I didn't go, we need to get him in trouble. I went, I started that fight. I got what I deserved, and I right. moved the fuck on. I pushed my nose back into line, because I'm 99% sure he broke my nose. Popped it back in. Felt the tear run down my face from it. Was missing a contact because he knocked the fucking contact out of my face. And I went, got what I deserved. And I walked away from it. Right. Like, today, cops would be involved. Principals would be involved. Parents would be involved. Authorities would be fucking community service. And your child's a fucking violent offender. We were boys being boys. Mm. We were fighting. We were being stupid. I've learned a lesson from it that has carried with me for the rest of my life. But would you, as a parent, feel safer if there was a, a school with a system that you could send them in and be 100% sure that they would never fight again? Or never get into a fight or, or no. you know, be harmed? If my son ends up in a fist fight, right. nothing traumatic, he, it's just a normal fist fight, he ends up with a black guy, maybe a broken nose, right. but he learns the value of confidence in himself and also not starting shit when you have no fucking right to start something 
I would be okay with it. But, I, I mean, you know, I, most of the time, fistfights end up in just, you know, two kids get roughed up, they, they yeah. learn the lesson. But, you know, they can get permanent brain injuries. Uh, kids have died Correct. from a single punch. Correct. You know, that, that's happened in Mayapak. Correct. Uh, you know... Um, and that, unfortunately, statistically, that is a oddity. Right. But with that risk, um, as a parent, would you want a school wouldn't you rather have a school that has a perfect system where not saying that what we're doing right now is perfect yeah. but you know they're, they're at least trying to you know stop fights by getting cops involved if a kid knows that you know he might get arrested for getting into a fight maybe he'll be less likely to actually get into that so as a parent wouldn't you want a system like that at the same time i want to say no but i want to say yes right it, it's a why each i want to say no because Lessons I learned through life, no matter what they were, the greatest lessons I've ever learned in our life has always been through pain. Mm -hmm. Everything that has taught me, raised me, made me better, made me more me who I am today are lessons of pain. Pain to me is the ultimate teacher. Failure has been the ultimate teacher. Pain, any aspect of pain, whether it's failure, getting hurt, you know, etc., has been the ultimate teachers to me. Right. If my son does not have any lessons of pain, he will be soft. Right. But, okay, but... That's kind of bullshit. Why? Because... Do you know how many fights I got into in high school? Yeah, you don't think you're... you're zero. <laughs> well, we almost got into that brawl on fucking uh, your street, but... A little different. Um, <laughs> because I, I think as a parent... You know, and you guys kind of talked freely previously about how kind of fucked up aspects of your upbringing was. And I think that reflected itself in Dave at school being angry, looking for fights that he probably shouldn't have been looking for. You know, in terms of fighting, you can teach your son to, hey, listen, if someone steps to you, you can defend yourself. But at the same time, you don't need to be going and looking for shit. Well, I'm not, and he I'm can not, still be a tough man and a strong man. Well, I'm not saying to look for fights. I'm saying to not back down if people are coming at him. He needs to be able to defend himself. Yeah, but well, do you think well, he needs to get into a fight to, to Also, define coming, someone's coming at you. So he's tried to talk his way out of an argument. Okay. And they keep coming at him and they start to get physical with him. It's a Bronx <laughs> so, so, so say he, they start to get physical with uh, him. What are they doing? They're shoving him? They're shoving him, pushing him, smacking him. Like some him. people, uh, the guy's obviously looking for a fight. Yeah, you know, the guy's looking for a fight, and no matter how much yeah. he So tries, then you want your son to do what in that case? I want him to try to talk himself out of it. Yeah. And if he cannot talk himself out of it, end it. So a kid's just shoving him, and you want your son to just deck him? After he's asked the kid numerous times to stop? But if the kid's just shoving him, he can just go... You know, I don't need this. And he can walk away, too, hypothetically, correct? Yes. So, you have a point on that. I guess in the, in, in the situation that you are using as an example, I would want him to walk away. But if he is cornered, if he does not have the ability to walk away, I want him to defend himself. I want Well, him to absolutely. And that, but then that's where the nuance in the whole thing becomes important. And... Uh, yeah. We're also talking broad strokes right now. Yeah, I mean the, the pain in picking a fight and losing, the, picking a fight and losing a fight, and going, well, shit, I probably shouldn't have picked that fight in the first place. That is important because yeah, that pain in that case is a teacher. And since then, I've never done it again. But the well, actually, um, 
you got punched because <laughs> of me. Yeah. But I didn't think it was going to turn into a fight. So. In, in, I, I oh, mean, right. you okay, have also right. historically done a lot of really stupid shit <laughs> that you never got in trouble for. True. You never got caught. True. You never got any real consequences of True. it. And at some point, you sat there and went, oh boy, that was a lucky one. I should probably not do that kind of stuff in the future. Yes, 100%. So, and that not all of that is learned from from pain. That's just the common sense you, you gather as you get older. True. Fair, fair point on that. We all need adversity. I'm not saying we don't need adversity. We well, need then, to get, then maybe, maybe need adversity to get is yeah. a better, better word for it instead of just pain itself. We all need adversity because if you're faced with adversity and never have faced it, yeah. you crumble. Yeah. Right. And Absolutely. I don't want a man raised by me to crumble. I don't want a woman or raised anybody. by me. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't want uh, my niece, you know, crumbling in a situation like exactly. that. I would want to, you know, the, you can be a strong woman, you know, you don't have to, uh, you know, get into fistfights. But that, that brings up to the, uh, the question, do you need to get into fights to be masculine? You know, do you no, need to be... Not at all. Yeah, okay. Not at all. I, I feel like we all have like the, a similar definition of it, um, of like masculinity. I think the the issue comes We're all with, red, uh, but a different shape. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the uh, the issue with is, uh, I guess, like to- what's toxic and what is not. You know, yeah. you think it's okay. You know, uh, necessary maybe for a kid to get into a fight. You know, just to kind of learn his boundaries and stuff like that. You know, even if it's a small scuffle, it, it, an argument could be considered a fight. You know, if you yeah. learn your boundaries from there, you, you step out of line. You know, you you call you making fun of some kid and he intimidates you down. You learned your lesson. You know. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I and well, I think the problem is, is you know, masculinity has got a bad rap attached to it because of the whole toxic masculinity. Yeah. thing. What we're talking about, like you're talking about verbal and psychological abuse. Mm. The big thing was sexual abuse. I, you know, I don't think anyone at this table is okay with any yeah. of that yeah, right. kind obviously. of shit. Like, yeah, guys, respect respect women when they tell you no. No means no. Right. You know. Yeah, don't psychologically unless it's tied up and you have a safe word different circumstances um, so now what I'm curious about is because you dovetailed this conversation um, you said based off of anxiety is it going? alright so we're going to pause because Dave's got to go be a masculine man <laughs> and um, go take care of one or two of his screaming children so um no, no, Dan and I are just hijacking the Rican rant now. Uh, right, you're, you're talking about um, the, the last thing you said was anxiety about... Well, yeah, well, well obviously Dave was the person who kind of set the table. It'd be, well, you know, you guys were talking about anxiety, and then he somehow wanted to tie that into masculinity. So I was right. kind of curious what the overarching uh, thesis was that he was trying to get at. But now he's not here to answer that. Right. Um, well, we can, we can talk, we can talk about anxiety, though. You want to talk about anxiety? Yeah, man. It fucking sucks. Um, it does. So, what was it? I even I, don't, I really don't talk about this too much. What was it sometime last year? It was the beginning of 2018. I had a panic attack. For, really? Yeah, for the first time in my life, I Holy had a panic shit. attack. I would never think I you would ever... I thought I was having a heart attack. Dude. Yeah. Like, I was at work, and I left work. And from, you know, the front door of work to the parking lot, I got kind of winded. Right. And I was like, oh, that was, that was kind of weird. So then I'm, you know, I'm driving home and I'm really not catching my breath and I'm like, oh, this none of this feels right. And then, you know, I'm at home and I can't really breathe well. My chest is tight. My arm starts to hurt and everything. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in my thirties and I'm having a heart attack. Right. I'm going to be one of those I mean, it's, it is possible. It, I mean, it felt it's like a heart attack. So I really, yeah. I hemmed and hawed on it and actually finally called 911. Went to the hospital. They did. They ran all the tests and everything. Like, oh yeah, you had a panic attack. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Right. And then, yeah, no, you had a panic attack and they were like... 
because sometimes it's literally just like a switch yeah. gets flipped in your brain, and right. your brain decides to start flooding your body with panic hormones for no reason. And basically, my body was in panic mode. But well, if you was, start thinking that you know you're having this heart attack and you're following that thought through, and then yeah, and then the thing just started kind of feeling feeding yeah. on itself. Um, and then since then, at least I've only had it one other time. That sensation started to come on, but now right. that I'm aware of what it is. I, I think can that's kinda, really it. I, I think, can mitigate it, and right. it's not nearly as bad. I think it, it's becoming aware of the anxiety because um, Dave's spoken about not knowing, you know, what that feels like, the the anxiety feeling. Yeah. But I feel like. Um, like, cause I, I feel like when you get anxiety, you can uh, more easily read it from other people. Yeah. I see moments when like, you know, it sort of like goes on his face, but he still doesn't understand the feeling. I feel like once you like, uh, without a doubt, know exactly what it is and what it feels like, you know, uh, you, uh, uh, unmask the beast, you know, and it just comes out full force. Yeah. And it's, um, and I've talked to other people about it and it's funny when you, because it's, it's one of those things a lot of people just don't like to kind of like put it out there. Yeah. But then when you do talk to other people and you talk to other people that, because I've talked to other people that experience it in very similar um, fashion to how I have, where you start to almost get kind of like irrational thoughts of like, oh my God, I'm going right. to die and mm. this and that. And it's just like, there's the logic part of your brain where you're like, okay, dude, you got to chill. You got to relax. And then right. there's the the anxiety's going nuts where it's like, Survival well, factor, well yeah. what if now you're actually ignoring a real problem and this isn't anxiety right. and you're just, you know, it's, um, I mean, it's worth, it's worth going into Cause you know, if <clears throat> that, that's a big thing too. People start feeling ill and a person tells them you're just overreacting. You're just, yeah. you know, so yeah, that, that was the right thing to do. If you feel it and you're getting into that, you know, you should call 911. You yeah. know, there's nothing wrong with that. No, you know, absolutely but, not. Especially if you've never experienced that yeah. before. Holy shit. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I would never think uh, you'd have anxiety. That's yeah. A, well, now ultimately what will happen is one day we'll have a heart attack. Ignore it. Right, right, exactly, attack, yeah. And then drop that from a heart that's attack. That's what I'm saying. You know, you <laughs> so, have to follow it through and, and like yeah. check it out and see like, am I actually dying? Or, you know, what? It, it's it's great that, you know, you went there. And I had something like that happen to me. I thought, um, because I have a nut allergy. Actually, uh, Dave had to take me to the hospital. I, I didn't tell him this. Um, I had, uh, I have a nut allergy, but it's not as bad as I thought it was. Mm -hmm. So I eat, um, a honey bunch of oats with nuts in it or something. And, um, like I feel like, you know, a, a little bit of allergic reaction, but like, you know, I went in like in my head, it, I like, you know, thought, Oh my God, this is it. Like, you know, it's getting really bad. Right. So, um, I wake Dave up. I'm like, you got to take me to the hospital. I'm having a reaction. And, um, you know, I'm freaking out the whole time. And as we're getting there and, and I'm just, I guess, you know, diving deeper into the fucking uh, rabbit hole, you know, um, my hands start to like, you know, curl in on themselves and like, you know, I can't open it. So I think, you know, this is, and it's kind of like, you know, leading into me panicking more. And, uh, we finally get there and like, you know, I, I stab myself with the EpiPen, you know, thinking like, oh shit, you know, uh, uh, this must be a huge reaction if my hands are doing this. Yeah. Stab myself with an EpiPen, which uh, probably made it even worse. Get to the hospital and, uh, you know, they, they gave me, like, prednisone or whatever and, uh, you know, I was fine. They said the same thing. The guy was like, you probably just had a panic attack. And I'm like, no fucking way. I'm like, yeah. I've had panic attacks before. It's never been like this. Like, yeah. no fucking way. But, you know. Well, yeah, because you're, it's funny because the, the human brain is a, uh, an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, both when it's working properly and then when it's not working properly, it's right. like, oh, we're going on a ride and you're coming along it's, with you like it or not. take you fucking down. Because I've, I've had that too where it's, um, because your muscles start to really start to tense up involuntarily and right. I've had that, not mm -hmm. as bad as like I'm making a fist and I can't open it, right. but like it, like my hand, is like, well, it just won't relax. I'm trying to like kind of push my fingers open and it's just kind of like, it's like, it's yeah, just like, like my, my yeah. muscles are naturally fighting against me. Uh -huh. um, 
So it's um, it, it's weird, and it's all just kind of sometimes either sometimes it's just um, you know, related to past experiences, and sometimes it's your your brain is just kind of, yeah, we're just gonna start randomly dumping hormones in your body and see what happens, yeah. and it's uh. And it's also the mind over matter, and, and it, it really it shows that your attitude can change a lot about you. Because if your brain's willing to kill itself, you know, on yeah. a thought, on a whim, like, you know, who knows what else it can do. If, if, you know, you put your mind to, you know, getting in better shape, if you put your mind to other things, if you keep yourself in a rut, like, you know, and, and you can't get out of it, like, you know, just changing your mind state could help you get out. There's a lot yeah. of shit that the brain can do to your body, especially when you're stuck in, in anything, you know? It's like... Yeah, and then and you know a lot of a lot of self care because I've I've found when I do exercise and I weight lift and you know right. you get the endorphin dumps in the body and everything that, yeah. and it's just a lot of that just really even if you're not in there killing yourself it's just being active and I think putting our, in the effort yeah, yeah our, I think our sedentary lifestyles don't help us because we're not built to be sedentary right no animal is yeah no so I think your your body gets to a point where it's just kind of like it almost just doesn't know what to do with itself. I was actually watching, um, it was uh, a little clip on YouTube, and I actually researched it, but um, uh, a scientist went into um, like an indigenous tribe, like an undiscovered tribe that completely disconnected from humanity, and uh, you know, they were you know, about to kill the guy, because they've never seen a white person before, you know, this is in like, you know, a dark, I think it was in South America, Yeah. and uh, they wanted, they were going to kill him, they're threatening him, hey, Dave's back. Dave's back. Um, you know, they're threatening him with spears and, and bows and arrows. And, you know, he finally makes friends with them and, and uh, you know, starts giving them food every now and then. And, um, you know, he starts, you know, because he's researching their tribe and, and how, you know, uh, indigenous people disconnected from, you know, modern society, uh, you know, can be. And um, so he starts giving them more supplies and more supplies and food and they no longer have to go out and hunt. They no longer have to do stuff like that. So they start setting up... Uh, like, you know, little uh, um, hammocks and just laying down all day. And, like, you know, uh, this is a tribe going from hunting and scavenging every day, you know, to survive to just doing nothing. Yeah. It's a huge, like, difference between uh, us and, you know, they're in amazing shape, you know. They outrun deer and, 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 you know. Now, as how far out did they go with that? I mean, did, like, the kind of the quality of life in the tribe They didn't go very far uh, from what I saw. Uh, It was just that they hung out with his, in his camp. It was, like, for a month or something. And then he left them. Because there was one documentary, and we're, we're getting we're going off on a tangent now. But there, was, there, there was a documentary. I heard an EpiPen probably the bullshit that yeah, we yeah. we ran to the hospital where I thought you were dying and yeah, was yeah. having my. I thought I was dying, dying, man. Um, but we can we can bring it back because there was, there was a documentary to a very similar circumstance. Um, and I think it was one of those um, pro keto, pro carnivore mm. lifestyle right. diet um, documentaries. But they were ta- they were talking about a tribe of indigenous people where they had no contact, and then when contact was made. Um, started adapting a um, European style diet, and then more more wheat and more carbohydrates, and a lot of stuff that was not originally in but, their diet. Were they farming it? Um, I don't know. I don't know okay. if it was being imported from the people that had made contact with right. them. I, I can't remember the exact details. Right. But the the point that they were trying to make is now <laughs> they were seeing all of these diseases like diabetes and all of this stuff. Oh, really? You know, endocrine diseases and stuff like that were kind of now coming in because they changed their diet, and then. You know, diets of processed foods and things like that that, you know, we, especially as Americans, um, are very big on. I I think none of that helps in terms of mental health and anxiety either because you are putting um, so many chemicals in your body when we're designed, you know, to ideally run off of natural, you know, plants, vegetables, 
meat from other animals, mm. um, and and we're changing that and we're putting shit in there, and it's, I, I think that changes us on a deeper level, and that that can definitely affect your your brain. Yeah. And even our the wheat we grow isn't uh, normal wheat. Uh, in World War, you know, around that area mm-hmm. era uh, of World War Two, they uh, genetically modified or, or probably through breeding modified wheat to, for just better uh, yields. And, yeah. Um, the wheat we have here is completely different from what they have in Europe. You know. Uh, builds fat more. I, I think also the, but the fact of what you're saying with the food and everything it also creates inflammation in the brain so that's true yeah. is that adding to the mental health issues we're becoming oh, absolutely could I mean if you're you're inflaming your brain I mean we could, we still don't know with a high degree of certainty how the brain works on a really I mean we we people believe you know some people believe we have souls and what the fuck is a soul mm-hmm. you know and it's just like you're your brain, I mean, it's science fiction that you can pop a brain out of a body and, like, put it into a robot body and now, you know, the brain exists that way. But in real life, that's not how it works. I mean, once the body shuts off, it's not, at least yeah. done. you can't save the brain. So, yeah, the brain becomes inflamed, you know. And we were talking about some of the anxiety issues I have where I was told, it's like, yeah, your, your body just is, sometimes your brain just wants to go nuts and start dumping the wrong hormones in your system. So, God, I'm sorry. So, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe poor diet, you know, inflammation of the brain, I, I think we're still, regardless of how much we know, we're still too limited on what we know. Because we, we basically put our pond in, in, our foot in the pond when it comes to learning about the brain and the body. You know, yeah, there's a ton of shit we know, but there's a ton of shit we have no fucking idea about. Um, Dan and I talked about it last time he and I hung out, but it's, I don't feel like, and maybe it's I don't know how to identify it or what it is. I just don't feel like I really get an anxiety response. Oh, yeah, we were just talking about that, yeah. Like, I, I, you know, maybe it's generally I just don't know how to identify it. I think that's it, yeah. I mean, why we're just talking about that. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can definitely see how it's... Be, I mean, because everyone gets anxiety to some degree. Yeah. Yes, like, like uh, you know, I, I got nervous before we jumped out of the airplane. And, and you know, I knew that Saturday there was going to be bullshit at my my meeting that I was going to have to bring up and, and fucking confront at my work meeting. But it's like, I didn't feel paralyzed by it. I right. didn't feel overwhelmed by it. I didn't feel like I, I, I can't handle this. Like all I felt was like, fuck, I got to fucking do this now. And I did it like, right. and maybe again, it's just, I don't know how to identify it. it it's like going through that, uh, the fear beforehand and just it being like, ah, See, but I don't even have that. I have it in, like, a checklist. All right, I'm going to... There's no rational thought to it, though. It's just, like, just straight, like... "Ah." But but I'm saying from my perspective on how I I process something. Like, I I go, all right, I'm going to have to tell this guy he's an asshole. I'm going to have to bring this up. I'm going to have to do this. And... All right, let's go. Right. And clearly I have some thing... Whether it's pent up, whether it's an inability to process it, uh, inability to identify whatever it may be, I have colitis, and it's an emotionally based disease that's triggered by high stress events. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That. My colitis is completely out of control when I'm super stressed. I thought it was just came from ulcers or something. Well, the ulcers are there, but mm. when I am in a stressed mindset and a stressed feeling, my colitis is out of fucking control. Oh shit! Okay. And I understand... the mind over matter thing. We're all just going in the same, you know, circle yeah. of life yes. here. So it's like, do I have anxiety and I've just suppressed it to the point where it's a physical symptom Maybe, now? Maybe, yeah. And it's not a cognitive symptom? But at the same time, like... 
Well, because of anything, too, you could be... It's almost like you're making the argument of you're almost not maybe dealing with the emotional side of things sometimes. So you're burying stuff subconsciously. You know, it's, again, the, the fucking hunk of meat that we have rattling around in our skull that we don't understand how it works. Hunk of meat supercomputer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, there could be stuff stored away in there that you have not dealt with properly that will flare up and cause those symptoms in you and it's, it's deep inside you and you're not, you know, it's not actively in the forefront of your frontal lobe where you're thinking about it. So for me, and, and <coughs> this is just kind of revealing a little bit of the way I process and handle things. I have a very strict mindset of everything has its box. My family has its box. My job has its box. My bullshit fighting with this person has its box. My working out has its box. My desire to do this has its box. Everything has its box and everything gets put on its box. And in my mind, I have a shelf. And I put everything in its box. So you have like put that mind box. OCD. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I put that box on its shelf. And right. when it's time, I take that box down. I open it up and I deal with whatever's in the box. But on the flip side, and you and I have had this conversation privately, Bob. I also, and this is the best way I can describe it, I have masks of who I am. I don't think that's so uncommon. I, I think. But mine are, and Bob has seen it, it's like I'm a different person. Right. And as, as I've gotten older and I've analyzed myself and everything, and this, it's going to be tacky and I don't give a shit, this is the way I'm going to describe it. I have Dave, who's the family guy. And Jave. I have the Rican, right. who's the loud fucking party time, let, let's have a great time. Oh, that's Show Dave. I show hate, Dave. I hate Show Dave. I have Dave. Show Dave. Show Dave is the worst. Yeah. Show Dave is the three of us go out and they're hanging out, uh -huh. and then like two of his friends from like the gym or something show up, and all of a sudden, fuck Bob and Dan, and fucking Dave's get becomes loud, obnoxious. <laughs> oh, okay, he's like peacocking. Yeah, yeah, he's peacocking right. <laughs> hardcore, right. and it's just, but it's but and it's annoying too because it's not even who he is. Mm. It's all of a sudden it's like this little switch goes off in his head. He's like, oh, guys, start peacocking. And that's, oh. I don't think it's so uncommon. I think other people do that. I, I do that to an extent, but it's extreme. We were sitting. Me, even that. Me and Vanessa were sitting there one day. We were at um, I can't remember where Peak the hell we were. Okay, it's Peekskill Brewery. I know exactly when you Yeah, and Dave is, it was that guy from the gym and his girl, and mm. you are just in full-on obnoxious, he's not talking to me and Vanessa at all. Right. He is putting on a full-blown, like, 45-minute show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, and Vanessa finally turns over and looks at me, she's like, I hate him when he's like this. I'm like, oh, no, I know, it's obnoxious, it's the worst. <laughs> it is the worst. So there's that version. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. We could go. We could go. We could do a whole podcast on that version. How <laughs> much of that version of Dave sucks? And I'll name my anger. I'll name him Collar. No. Because I'm a completely different person when I'm angry. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. Like, I'm irrational. I don't give a fuck. I'm over the top. And I, I've literally taken a kid's head to the side of a car. Right. In rage. And Hypothetically. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. And after, quite honestly, after that event, it, it terrified me and, and taught me that I got to get a grip on my fucking anger because I could have killed the fucking kid. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm talking about. I could be about. in jail yeah, right absolutely. now. So I have these three faces and quite honestly, I find myself being Dave with a little bit of the reek in most of the time. Right. 
but as I also get into stressful situations, I find the Rican and Collar kind of talking to each other and kind of trying to take over. Right. And maybe that sounds a little crazy. No. But it, 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 it's the truth of it. And, and you know, sometimes it makes sense, you know? And maybe that is my way of processing my anxiousness, and maybe that's right. the way of me processing my anger, and maybe it's the way of me processing undealt things. But maybe it's because of the household we grew up in, mm-hmm. with the way our dad was at times, that I just learned that as a survival instinct. Right. Well, I'm sure the fact that you have taken your brain and just dissected it for us in a serial killer-esque <laughs> description of how everything goes in its box, and it's in its box, and all the boxes are lined up nice and neat, and then I have my masks, and I put my mask on, and that's the day I'm going to be for that day. That, yeah, you're not crazy at all. I literally get out of bed some days, take a physical inventory of how I'm feeling, and then I take a cognitive inventory of how I'm feeling. Right. And there are days when I wake up angry. And I have no understanding of why. And I choose to bury it, Yeah. put him in his box, put him on his shelf, and go, today I'm not going to be him. Yeah. Got to smoke some more pot, man. I don't some smoke pot at pot. all. <laughs> yeah. I don't smoke any pot. I get rid of that anger real well, quick. I feel like that's what he's saying, is you have to go up from zero. From zero to... A hundred? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Let's party. Get on or get off. So the, the question I was asking of you um, before you had to go be masculine and, and take care of your family um, is because you originally kind of set the stage saying, you know, previous podcast, you and Dan talked about anxiety for a bit, and then you were dovetailing that into talking about masculinity, and I was wondering what the connection was there for you. I think that a lot of times that a lot of people are scared to talk about their anxiety because they want to be masculine, and vice versa. I think a lot of people want to be masculine but are so consumed by anxiety that they feel they are not masculine because yeah. of that. I can see that. And I think the way our society is right now, we're trying to f- fucking figure ourselves out. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out who we are right now. We're not uh, not just warmongers anymore and, and cave people and everything else. Men have anxiousness. They have anxiety. They have depression. They have moments of sadness. And so many of us just, and myself included, suck it up, get to fucking work. There are times and where I just wake up and I just fucking hate the day. Mm-hmm. And I have no explanation of it. I'm sad, I'm lonely, I'm in a shit mindset. Yep. And it's just, and I have no reason, when you look at it on paper, to feel that way. Right. But I still feel that way. Yeah. And I hate talking about it because it's like... It sucks. And not only does it suck, not only that, but I feel like I'm whining. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, I have a good family. I have a decent job. I got a good home. We're not struggling. We have a roof over our head. Everybody's healthy. I have nothing to complain about. I feel like that's um, the the people who would because um, there there have been you know uh, people who make fun of other people for like going through that you know that they, they see somebody with anxiety oh that guy's an asshole like you know everyone's got the buddy that like you know uh, if he starts you know one of the a nervous coworker for example let me let me go. Put a better example. <clears throat> I have a coworker, uh, a very nervous coworker, always shaking, always messing up on the job because he's too consumed about what's going on. And um, I, I have another coworker that just gives him a hard time just because you know he sees uh, uh, the weak prey. You know he goes for the kill. You know uh, some people genuinely I feel like enjoy that, and I think that's what everyone's afraid of when they speak about either their anxiety or they're afraid of. 
you know, getting got, getting made fun of, you know? And I feel like that is, would be, to me, toxic max masculinity. It's not someone being tough, you know, uh, some people will point at that, just a guy, just, you know, working out, tough guy, likes guns, or he likes cars, or something like that, you know, uh, and they'll point at him and say he's toxic, but, you know, not necessarily, you know, it depends on your actions. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like it's a multifaceted thing that defines what a man is, and, um, you know, you don't have to not talk about what's going on with you in order to uh, be a man. You don't have to stuff that down, and I feel like that's what's going on. Maybe not today's society. I feel like that that's always been, and it's been getting progressively better, but I feel like we're at a point now where we can actually, like, talk about it and, like, you know? Well, and I think, I think um, kind of going back to what Dave was talking about, it's it's easy to sit there and look at someone and be like, oh, you got the house and the car and the wife and the right. kids and blah, 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 and the job. And, you know, of course, Dave, because we're having technical issues, had to walk away as soon as I start <laughs> pointing at him and trying to throw back to his point. Um, but I think when you get that where you can sit there and kind of say, man, everything is really good, but something is still not right something's right. unfulfilled and you have to figure out what it is that's unfulfilled mm -hmm. something you know and some people have to um find that from religion some people have to find that from having a, a goal you know outside of work and family and everything it's, it's it's you have to almost have a make sure you have on top of everything else <clears throat> excuse me having all your ducks in a row financially and home life and all that is right. you still have to have some overarching thing uh, that you're pushing for, you're fighting yeah. towards. Oh, like an ultimate goal? Yeah, something. And I mean, I feel like sometimes if we lose that... Um, How do you think you find that, though? I, I feel like that's uh, that's a tough thing to to go for. So as a, as a side note, real fast, um, Vanessa is over listening our, our conversation here and she sent me a text that says, I second you, Bob. I hate show Dave. I want <laughs> to slit his throat. So that's... Betrayal. That's just, yeah. That's, since Dave walked away right now, I'm just low-key mentioning that for all you listeners at home. Okay, so sorry. We'll later. <laughs> yeah, wait, uh, how do you think you find that? <coughs> that That's stuff to find. Like, it, is, it is. Um, I, I mean, for me, you know, personally, religion's a big part of it. I need right. that in my daily life. Um, and two, like I, I found out, um, you know, over the summer when I was going to get that, um, firearms instructor certification and everything, mm -hmm. like, man, I got like hyper focused right, on, a, on a singular goal. And I, like, I felt so like, no matter how bad that process was, I felt so good through that process right. because it was just every morning, every day for like nine weeks straight is like, this is what I need to get done. This is the thing I need to do. And it kind of, it changed my mindset right. on a lot of things because I had forgotten what it was like to have, you know, cause like I have, I have a second degree black belt. And when I was focused on achieving that again, it was like this big goal that was, it was out there. It was something I had to get. Um, Dave's back now. I know Dave for you, when you are in your like, I want to do a competition. I want to do a meet. I want to do something like that. It changes you yep. because not only do you have, okay, I'm working. I'm trying to be a good husband. I'm trying to be a good father, trying to take care of the house and everything. It's you still have this other thing, this other dragon you 
need to slay this mountain you need I to have climb. A desire, I have a desire to, to start competing again. Yeah. I've wanted to start competing again. And so there, I got a slight promotion at work. There's another level that I can try to get to, which I think they would give me. I want to compete next year, but the reason I'm not going after the promotion is it's going to take time away from my family. And I'm not okay with that. Right. Because right now, I've set my schedule to the point where it is perfect. Yeah. I have a human schedule right now, minus the Saturdays, but I'm home latest, latest at 8 o'clock on one day. Yeah. Every other day, I'm, really I'm, e- I'm either home yeah. at 5.30 yeah. or 6.30. Well, it's late when you have little kids. Yeah, yeah. When you get home and the kids are asleep or trying to be put to sleep, it's like... So, like, I'm interacting with my kids more. I'm spending nights with my kids more. I'm helping putting them to sleep more for a little bit of extra money. Yeah. For a title. Right. Yeah. And it's... You and I had a father that was never around because he was always fucking working. Yeah, that's not... Our mother also worked dramatically less and my wife works full-time. But... I'm not going to do that to my relationship with my children. Yeah. Because at the end of the day... It does harm it. Not only does it harm it, it creates bitterness. Yeah. Because why weren't you here with me? Right. Why weren't you spending time with me? Why was that place so much more important? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and until they're adults, though, they don't understand it. And I understand it now. When we were young, I'd never understood it. Oh, of course, yeah. You know. And... It's not going to change my life. Right. The money is not going to be enough to change my no. life. No. Yeah. I want to compete, but at this point, my daughter doesn't believe in letting us sleep. <laughs> so, I do a workout. It took me four days to recover from my leg workout. Right. Yeah. You're also getting older, man. <laughs> the older does not... Because I'm... Physically, I'm in the prime of, of a male's ability to I mean, perform. you keep saying that, but I don't feel prime, man. I feel like shit all the time. Well, you fucking... also said you stopped working out, right, so... Yeah. You're, 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 like you're, shit. I, I felt like shit before, too. You are a pile of chains <laughs> sitting outside in the elements, yes, slowly right. gathering that's rust. True, that's true. Pick those chains up, you start moving them around, the rust starts falling you off. You barely eat. Right. You barely sleep. Uh-huh. You're physically working <laughs> all day. party, bro. Like, you're literally physically burning yourself out. If you completely change that to lifting, sleeping, eating correctly... Right. Your body would feel completely different. Yeah. And my shoulders fucked up from that. My hips fucked up, like, you know. So say you got that all fixed. Right. So you're back to zero. If you took care of yourself, you would excel. Nah. Right now, since I'm sleeping on an average, you know, I can go to bed at fucking ten and get up at seven and I'm sleeping only five hours because right. I'm waking up every fucking little bit or every little thing, I naturally can't sleep well. Yeah. So I'm not recovering. Mm-hmm. If it takes me four days to recover from a squat workout, when I'm supposed to be squatting two times a week, there's seven days in a fucking week. Right, but then it, it goes into how much enjoyment are you getting out of uh, being in pain all the time and uh, working but out I'm okay versus... being in pain if I'm recovering. Right. If I'm recovering and I'm able to roll into the next workout, I'm okay being in pain every fucking day. Mm. Because when I was competing, I was in pain every fucking day. Well, I'm in pain every day and I'm not working out. <laughs> it sounds but, the same to me. But I was sore. <laughs> things were hurting. Right. But... I saw numbers growing. Gotcha. I saw well, you everything. got something you wanted. Right? Yes, you know, I yeah, saw everything progressing and yeah. moving up and moving forward. But right now, I would it would be a disservice to my body to do it because if I push myself to that point, I either have to A, stop helping with the right. kids, B, 
stop doing anything else and sleep more. Basically, come home and go straight to fucking bed. Right. And then to step on the platform and not perform would be more detrimental to my mindset than anything. Yeah. Well, to, get, you know, you can still work out without having to go balls to the wall, you know? No. <laughs> not, well, for well, you, yeah. Well, also, no. not, if, not if the thesis is... He's trying to get ready for exactly. Oh, I got you for a yeah. Goal. So don't okay. don't forget okay. what we originally original jumping off point right. was him having a goal, and with Dave historically, one of his big meet. outside goals is doing one of these meets or yeah. something. And that's where his mindset changes. But then that's when everything else starts to elevate too. I feel I feel like if you've got that, like you know, so you're working towards a meet, you if you're approaching everything healthily, you know, you're improving as a husband, you're improving in business, you're improving as a father because you're just that that motivation snowball. Work, I actually like, start to suffer yeah. every time I prep for a meet. Really? Why because my mind focuses on just that. I become consumed by it. I slept seven hours. Today, this is the workout. This is what I have to do. All right. I have five hours before. I have to get this meal in. I have to get this meal in so my stomach's not bloated, so I don't feel like shit, so I don't shit myself while I'm fucking squatting. I have to do this. Don't eat this. Drink this. Do I have enough water in me? And I start to become consumed by the performance of the workout. Because I feel every like a man who just described how he puts everything in a box could, <laughs> but that box put that in a box. That box and... literally takes so much of the shelf. Yeah. At that point. Right. Because I do not want to step onto a platform and disappoint myself. I don't give a fuck about anybody else. If I do not hit the numbers that I want or I expect or the minimum that I have, it's going to fuck me up so bad because it's just going to be such an utter failure to me. Why don't you let that go? I've been trying. And I just can't seem to figure out how to. Well, it's a passion of yours. I mean, you know, you can get back into it when you're able to. You're not dead yet. You know, when your kids get Correct. to school and, age, you're not and dead. this is where the know? priority of my children yeah. has taken over. Right. It's just the right. current priority. It's right. not the end, you know? I started really get back into shape when Julia were before she was born into her being born. Right. Because I was back into a swing. Robbie sleeps. It, it, it's I felt human again. Mm-hmm. Right now we're kicked back a few steps, right. and in a little bit of time she will be at that point, right. and I can do what I need to exactly, do. Exactly. Yeah. So I understand that the goal's just been pushed back. Yeah. I have a lifetime goal of deadlifting six hundred pounds. My last meet was 550. I am within a fucking hair of it. Nice. And quite honestly, if I hadn't torn the triceps, I could have done the 600. Mm-hmm. I will not disappoint myself this time. I will achieve it. I will get it done. And even if I have to suffer and fucking hurt every fucking day until the meet, I will fucking do it. I'm extremes. Yeah. I'm all or nothing. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you don't get hurt. Well, it depends on who, who you're talking to. <laughs> Give, give me some more uh, JMO. Um, we'll uh, switch because I got a lot here. Sure. Um, uh, I'm all about extremes. I, I love intensity. I love, I love being consumed by things. I love it. I love it. I, like, I'm not going to fucking deny it. I love being fucking consumed you by know, shit. I, I, I do have a part of that in me. It's, it's um, with video games, but I, I do get that because I, I don't have anything that I dove into. I, I was in... MMOs from like way back when and at Star Wars Galaxies when I was out and like and just it was just uh, game after game after game that I was uh, delved into and like part of me misses that like something that like I'm really into in a game like that and there's nothing yeah. out right now you know I, I get that you know that, that intensity and everyone has it in different areas to a point but as long as uh, it's in a healthy way I guess there's, there's something wrong. nice when you can just fall into something completely yeah. 
like a comfort to it. You got something to look forward to, and then it leaves, and all you have is your own voice in your head, and it just sucks. Just, your voice just going, you're gay, you're gay, you're gay, you're gay. <laughs> yeah. you're gay, you're gay. Making funny, just like it used to. Um, but th- there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, it, it's your passion. I also think, though, it damages my life in a certain aspect. Right. The, the extremes? Yeah, because I can't find a balance. Okay, but... But also, fuck balance. You know, it's like a, a certain acceptable amount of damage, you know? If, if, like, something sucks for now, okay. Maybe you're, you're getting less sleep and you're a little more grumpy or, or whatever. Uh, there's an acceptable amount until you reach your goal, and then as long as there, you can maintain... Correct. There's an acceptable, yeah. acceptable amount of, of me being grumpy, sore, etc. What is not acceptable to me is being grumpy with my children for no other reason than I'm tired. It is unacceptable to me to treat my children like shit or be... Well, I mean, if your daughter was stop keeping up, it really just sounds like it's her fault. <laughs> well, she's selfish. She's a Rivera. It, it's... You've got to be a little easier on yourself, though, because you're human, too. I, mean, I, I am no, human. Not. I am... Uh, com- you're a golden correct. guy. I am human, and the problem is, is that I have that in my head that I should be to a better standard. Right. What's funny, though, going to your comments earlier on my Joe Rogan hook as him being my salesperson, I got the Whoop Whoop. device with the app and everything, and I've actually been watching my heart at rest throughout the day. And my heart is actually... Joe Rogan podcast. (laughs) My heart rate is actually pretty high right now. God bless me, just powering through. So... I'm in the high 70s un, to low un, 80s. Undiagnosed uh, high blood pressure. <laughs> so, no. Every time I get my blood pressure checked, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah mine so, too, actually. So really my weird. heart rate, though, is high. And I am a little concerned about that. Right. Because it's like, am I taking too much caffeine? Am I not sleeping? Probably. And I started, I started researching right. it. Excessive caffeine use, lack of sleep, yeah. excessive stress, all things I'm dealing with. Yeah. Right. Increase your heart rate, which also damage your lifespan. Yep. So I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'm gonna be dead by fifty. Like maybe. <laughs> your your biggest setting for your life expenses expectancy is the history of your family. Right. Our family, except for the Rivera side, is seventies. Mm-hmm. Right now, we'll see where Grandma ends up. God only knows if Grandpa Peter's alive. Right. It's fucking terrifying. Humbling and also eye opening to think that maybe I'm already through half my life. You can't think like that. But I have to. And the reason I have to is because then if I don't think that way, I will not push myself to do the things I want to do. Well, maybe you're seven eighths through your life. You don't know. You might get hit by a car. Correct. And we have a cousin who. Yeah, you you never know what's going to happen. You never know, but. If you go with the statistical odds and and you look at it as just a simple math equation. Right. The likelihood of me dying in my 70s, then not being able to perform once I enter my 40s, and also be able to perform and do things in my early 40s, but every year everything gets harder and harder and worse and worse. I don't want to sit on my deathbed with any regret. And that, that to me, is fucking scarier than anything. Yeah, Dave doesn't have any anxiety at all. <laughs> every single one of his podcasts, he's always talking about his deathbed. Have you noticed that? <laughs> Almost every single one of your podcasts. I'm consumed by it. I lately. really think it's, yeah. it's... I've been consumed by it since I had kids. Yeah. That's kind of anxiety, buddy. 
Well, you know, I but think it doesn't it's, paralyze it's, me. I think it's exactly that. Um, I don't think you recognize it, and I don't think you're fearful of it. I feel like what we were talking about before is unmasking the beast and it, it being... And don't conflate the fact that anxiety just paralyzes you. I mean, you can... You, you, can, it. Yeah, it you can have anxiety of laying in bed at night staring at the ceiling going, oh my God, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to pay for that? And I don't have that. That's anxiety. But I'm just saying that's anxiety too. Like anxiety is not just you're frozen in fear and you can't get out of bed in the morning and you don't want to do anything. And See, and the, that's the thing is that everything that I've been exposed to when it comes to anxiety is that. Mm. Well, those are the extreme cases. I guess that's what you hear about the most. Well, um, think about it. Yeah. I, I have a wife who's incredibly anxious. Mm. Every anxious experience I've dealt with with you mm. was extreme mm-hmm. I've never dealt with anxiety from an outside perspective that wasn't extreme right so to me that's anxiety yeah the the thought of death is prior to my children it was always like I'll die when I die it is what it is right that should still be your mentality but now if I die too early I abandon two people who are crucially dependent on me absolutely Here's the shitty thing, though. If you worry about it too much, you might increase your heart rate. Like, literally, just saying that pressure. just made me upset. Yeah. yeah. Like, that physically made me upset. So, yeah. it's like, you're screwed either way. All you can do is, is live every day to its fullest, knowing that you yeah. could die tomorrow. And, and it's and, like, you know. Jesus Christ, that really did make me upset. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Uh, so, talking about masculinity, Dave's crying like a bitch now. Um, See, that's toxic, man. Oh! Oh! Got, 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 got on me. Got got. I got got. Um... You got to, you have to find a way to let that go because when you die is literally, I mean, unless you do it yourself, the only thing in life that you have no control over. You're, you're talking about the upper limit maybe being 70s based on familial history. You can live to be fucking 99, yeah, man. True. Or, yeah, you could get hit by a car tomorrow going to work. That's yep. just that random draw of life. It is entirely out of your control. So you have to just... Live the best life you can every day. Take care of yourself as best as possible. And enjoy every moment you have because you don't know when those moments are going to go away. And here's the funny thing. It's like to enjoy your life to a certain extent, it's almost not taking care of your life. So I enjoy drinking bourbon. I enjoy drinking whiskey. I enjoy smoking cigars. Those things shorten my life. Yeah. But... I need to enjoy my life. So yeah. I do those things. Right. It's, to me, it's always interesting how much pleasure and longevity do not fall No, they don't. They don't. You can't. No, they don't. I mean, it's... Same goes with food. If, uh, yeah. say, if it tastes good, then it's probably bad for you, you know? You, you can eat brownies every day and they taste delicious. And then at 49, you're losing your foot because you have type 2 diabetes. You um, so you have to ask yourself, is the momentary pleasure worth the potential long-term harm? I've been thinking about cigars and how I want to um, slow down because I, you know, I definitely... You've been on a fucking a, tear. I, yeah, I've gotten to a tear, so I want to slow down because I'm very cognizant of the fact that I already have high blood pressure. So it's like, okay, I got to... And dial this back to like one every few days. My wife's uh, father died from uh, smoking cigars. He got lung cancer from that. Yeah. I, I don't know if he was inhaling it, but uh, well, I that's the thing. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Well, you you even don't even necessarily have to inhale yeah. it. It's gonna get in there. It, yeah. It's getting in there. I mean, with cigars, you're more likely to get mouth or throat right. cancer. And you know what, man? I enjoy smoking cigars, but I don't want mouth or throat cancer yeah. either. So it's the balance. Um, as much as I enjoy it, it's something I'm. 
over time thinking I'm going to have to maybe leave in, in the past and make it like a once a, you know, once every couple months type of thing, like a yeah. special occasion type thing. Um, can't be a daily thing like it's been, you know? Mm. I, I know dudes that go to the cigar lounge and they sit in the cigar lounge for hours and they'll smoke two or three cigars and they're surrounded by That's other smoke, people's yeah. cigar smoke That's and their crazy. own cigar smoke. That's how you're going to get lung cancer yeah. off the cigars for sure. Um, so, you know, then you have to ask yourself, yeah, is that old, oh, I'm not here for a long time, I'm here for a good time. You know, you know is the <laughs> yeah. momentary pleasure of a cigar worth taking potentially time off yeah. at the end or might as well smoke a cigar because I could get hit by a car tomorrow and then yeah. I'll have died not having smoked those cigars I'm in the middle it, it's a hard call because it's like you know do you spend your do you cut that off and I mean you could have lived a full life there I've known people that smoke cigarettes like crazy every day packs and, and they live till 70 80 90 you know yeah your body also has different levels of handling exterior stressors right. and exterior toxins and, and you know everybody is completely different so you and I genetically do not have a great history when it comes to heart health yeah so we are more likely to get diabetes to become alcohol dependent to develop heart disease so we having a large percentage of Native American blood there goes your alcoholism mm. then you have the Iberian the Spaniard which is also going to lead towards more of the heart issues and everything else and it's just we're, we're to a point where it's like you have to decide when and where is the importance of the things you do. Right. You and I being different in the sense that your personality versus my personality versus our current life situations, but we're the same genetic pool. Mm -hmm. So what I will find interesting, which one of us kicks first? Right? Yeah. Take a bet. Because... <laughs> I personally think it's going to be you that lives longer than me. Really? I thought I would die quicker. No, I think here. it's going to be you. Oh, you're absolutely going to outlive Dave. I think, you think so? Yeah, I 100% oh, yeah. no, think no, you're going to outlive by, by like a wide margin, too. Yeah. You think so? Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. I really do. Because, Barring anything like yeah, extreme. Right? Because at the end of the day, yes, you have your anxiety. Yes, you have everything else. But your life, and I will acknowledge this, I'm a little jealous of the, this fact that as much as I preach freedom, you live your life much freer than I do. Right. It's only because I don't have kids. That, that's really no, no, the only no, no, no. difference. No. Pull that aside. You're in, in a marriage that right. she lets you do what you want, for the most part, till she hits you. Um, <laughs> you don't have kids. You were okay walking away from money to pursue something that you found happiness in. Right. When was I making money? You could have stayed in banking. I could have, yeah. You could have stayed in banking. But here's my point. Right. Banking sucks. But you could have stayed in banking. Yeah. You could have ended up making much, much more money. Right. But you chose happiness over money. I, it's, it's all priorities, like, you know. But, that, yeah. but there again is my point, yeah. is that you embrace the freedom and the passion in your heart. Yeah, I got you. I currently am in a field that I like... Because I'm a sick fuck and I enjoy the challenge of it, but at the same time, I fucking hate it. Right. The things that I did love, that I was doing, that I did pursue, I cannot support a family on. Yeah. And my family is what I want. I want children. I want to continue our family name. I want to be able to be a better father. I want to be able to do these things. But I have to sacrifice certain aspects yeah, of my you happiness. Do. Yeah, absolutely. 
And in that sense, I am jealous of you. Right. I'm jealous of you because you can literally tomorrow go, fuck you, I'm not coming in. I was thinking of moving to Canada. That would have been awesome. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. You can go to Alaska. You can go to Florida. You can right. go to California. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You can do. You can go, hey, honey, you want to go? And she can go, yeah. And yeah. the two of you go, Psh. I don't know if that'll mean I, I uh, will live longer. Um, I do dumb shit. I, I think, you know? but, I, but aside from your dumb shit, right. your internal stress is freer than me. Because I want to move. I want to go somewhere that, that, that is more woods and less people and right. freer and just... I want to be able to fucking walk outside with an AR-15, unload fucking 30 rounds right. and, I don't, and fucking I don't, move I'm up. not that far upstate, man. But that's my point. Like, yeah. if, if I move to Alaska, if I move out west or anything like That'd that, I can awesome. do those things. Yeah, yeah. But I can't go there because then my son and my daughter will right. not know their and family. you don't make money up there, you know? There's nothing to do. Fuck that, though, yeah. because you can figure it out. I, I guess, would figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Money has never been an issue for me to figure out. Right. Live like a wild man. I, I feel something? like you don't hear yourself sometimes because you are trapping yourself, and my kids have to know their family. There but, are plenty of people that have grown up in the world, correct? Being long distance I, from the family. I and want, but here, here's, it's a trap, but it's a desire at the same time. Because I may want to go. So you've weighed the desires and you've chosen what you feel correct. is more important desire. So it doesn't. But it doesn't change the fact that at a moment's time, you can still have jealousy. I can still be jealous of him and still yeah. think this is the better choice. Yeah. But everyone's jealous of everything. I'm jealous of your family life. I'd love to have a couple of kids and, and raise kids and stuff like that. You know, it doesn't fit my lifestyle or what I want to do right now and, and probably never will. But, you know, there's uh, everyone's uh, experiences jealousy at a certain point. You know, it's like, you know... Uh, I don't know. Um, I guess weighing priorities and seeing what what matters to you most and, and going with it. There are a million ways to live life, you know. And, and you basically completely countered everything I said in right. just that comment. <laughs> in simple change of priorities right. and things that fit lifestyle, you can easily find jealousy in someone else. Yeah. There are times I find jealousy in your freedom. No, there should be no jealousy in that. My life sucks. <laughs> and, and there you there, go. It's but, hard but, dealing with another here, uh, here, person. And but there you go. It, there you go. Tough, you sit there and say that, but at the same time, do you know how many times it would be great to go, you know what? I'm not fucking doing this today. I'm doing whatever the fuck I want. Right. You don't like it? Fuck you. But at the same time, you sitting here and going, my life sucks. It is, it is, we become used to our status quo. And then start to compare our status right. quo to The grass others. is always greener syndrome. Well, my, yes. my, my fear is I'm going to be so used to, I just come and go when I please. I do whatever the hell I right. want. I'm just going to be un, unbearable to some to deal with. Well, that, that's... Because I'm very programmed in one way. I'm on just autonomous mode, just kind of bouncing around, wandering around. I, my own I get what thing. you're saying, but at the same time, I think if you find somebody that truly... Yeah, this is it. That, or they're all cool with that, or they do the same thing, and, and you find a, 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 a balance between that, and you both do whatever the fuck you want, and you know? Because at the same time, as much as you may be worried that's going to happen, I truly think, after knowing you as long as I have, you find the right woman, you're not going to give a fuck about any of that. You're going to care about that. You're going to care more about making sure she's happy and making sure things work between you two yeah. than I'm going to go smoke a cigar today with the boys. It's going to completely change into the sense of, you know what? I'd rather spend the day with you than smoke a cigar with the boys. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. 
like I get your fear of it because you're so accustomed to it. Yeah. But I have a very fuck you mentality about things. If it's not what I want, I fall in line to how to her constantly. We all we all make fun of it. We all joke about She'd it. She'd probably roll her eyes. Yeah, hold on. Let's let's pause for a second. Vanessa, does how often does how often does Dave allegedly fall in line to what you want? She says I've got, got a little, little bit, a little, whoa, a little bit better. Put together? Thirteen. years, fuck man. Thirteen What time do I get a break? How many years? When do you get a break? Yeah. You can leave and take a break whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa said Dave can leave whenever, uh, whenever he wants. Both of your both of your parents got the yeah they got parents the, got divorced they got, got breaks yeah <laughs> the average is three years I got three years so if I come back with an STD will you still love me ooh, ooh. <laughs> what kind of STD which one that's true I guess which one that that is a game changer something that medicine can heal <laughs> oh, well, that, well if you come back you shouldn't even come back with it at that point then you should take care of that should thing. I just like hold back. it off and I'll see you <laughs> yeah. next week. Yeah, dude, just wait till the listen. They, like, you get a shot of penicillin, I think, and for most of it, you're good. Like, I'll see you next week. I'm a little busy. <laughs> no black eyes, Ness. <laughs> I put it on the podcast. No black eyes. Racist. It's official. Racist. Racist. Etched in stone. You know what? Do all the black eyes. Wow, Dave, guys. Dave does not mean that. He's I just saying that because he does not want to be embarrassed on his podcast. Th- this yeah. was a very untoxic uh, conversation, guys. Yeah, we really, we all talked really, about feelings. Really you know, here. we all took. Uh, really took a turn. We here. shared something deep. I love you us. both. I love you both. I love you guys. I think you can still find a more rural area to live in and still be within God, reason. I hope so. Within reasonable I hope so. distance. I want to go to Fishkill. I mean, think of how far your parents are. Fishkill's not that, that rural either. It work. It's not. This it's, whole area. It's just enough for me. Yeah. Or Wappingers, just enough. I want. More acreage. I want to be able to just fucking do right. what I want. That's going to be the big thing is where are you going to be able to find acreage yes. within a reasonable price. Yes. Because that, that, that's tough. That, that's what yeah. I... We got to go hunting. Else, man. We got to figure it out. Yeah. I, I enjoyed our day up at uh, Fondo. Fondo. I don't know, I don't know where Fondo is. I left do. Fondo so no one knows where you are. Subterfuge. <laughs> he just had a seizure. I just, yeah, he just I, had a face seizure. No, that was, actually, that was a stroke. Like a <laughs> blood vessel just burst in my brain. Uh, either one of you want to say anything else? Because um, at this point, we're an hour 15. I'm sick of both of you fucking faces. That's what I want to say. fucking love our faces. Wow, that's, that's, that's hurtful. I'm sorry. That's that was really toxic of you. That was really toxic. Daniel's the most toxic. <laughs> I mean, for the wrong reasons. Um, different type of toxicity. Um, I think this was good. I think this was probably our most well-focused, well-organized um, uh, outing in uh, quite some time. I think uh, we all got a lot of emotions out, and uh, you know, I feel cleansed. Apparently, I have anxiety issues. My anus feels you, good. I'm starting to think you do have issues. I don't know if they're necessarily anxiety <laughs> issues. Though. I have some. Are issues. you just discovering you this? This is like, come on, dude. Uh, yeah, but man, when he like, he's like Dennis, and it's always sunny. <laughs> I was thinking like, about the boxes and yeah, exactly. My tools. Exactly. Yeah, I just think about tools. And, and yeah, she can't say no. Because so of the implication. Can I tell you? And I, and and I would be very honest with the two oh, of you. No, here we go. Should we pause this before you admit no. to something? <laughs> uh, we're, we're just gonna do this. Okay. So, I fathered seven children. <laughs> a, Robbie was not my first. <laughs> so, I have felt this way for a long time with with the boxes and everything else. So I brought it up to our mother when, right out of high school. Right. And I told her that, you know, I feel like I have these masks and the whole deal and everything else. So her reaction to me was because of the mental health issues that run in our family. Maybe you should see a professional because it sounds like you have schizophrenia. 
uh, that's a little extreme, but um, our mom. There's nothing wrong with that. Seeing a professional for shit. I don't see anything wrong with the professional aspect. Be toxic. But the the <laughs> fact that her response to me was you're schizophrenic. Right. I panicked a little bit. Yeah. What if she was right? I'm I, saying I back then. Like back I, then, I'm saying right. this was my thought back then. Okay. Right. So what if she's right? Mm-hmm. So I shut it down. I shut it down in the sense of not sharing it with anybody. Right. I put in, I literally closed it off and didn't want to talk to anybody. Put mm-hmm. all the small boxes in a larger box, like in a shipping container. Yes, I have a fucking shipping container. I'm literally a fucking Russian doll. Yeah. Like, they're, 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 boxes. They're, they're called nesting dolls. Are they? Yeah, Dan literally just said yeah, it. Yeah, that's all right, man. Oh, cool. Okay, that's I didn't cool. hear what <laughs> I do, I, obviously. So, <laughs> from there, I didn't want to share it with anybody ever again. Uh-huh. Because, Right or wrong, my relationship with our mother is very close. Right. I take her advice. I take her opinion. I take a lot of things she says very to heart. And the fact that she said, maybe you're fucking crazy. Right. You, you thought about it, yeah. I went. You entertained it, yeah. What if I am crazy? Yeah. And it terrified me mm-hmm. because we had an aunt who was mentally disabled who was crazy. Yeah. And to turn into that, I'd rather fucking put my Glock in my mouth and end it. Really? Than be a psychopath. I guess. Not even a psychopath, just someone who's not cognitive of who they are. And from there, I shut it down. Right. And I think a part of it, especially with now having children, I have to face who I am. Right. And it terrifies me because I don't want them to see a monster, a weak man a someone who's Mm -hmm. all fucked up who's a mess because I have to help be their strength right and it terrifies me to confront that and embrace it and just be who I am especially with the fact that what if something is wrong with me Mm -hmm. what if with everything that's happened through our at our lives any traumas mental physical whatever it is right I've been now scarred, bruised, and damaged to the point where I can never go back to what I, think I should be. Th- what, what I was saying before is I, I think um, you'd be surprised to find out how many people actually feel like that. Um, I feel like that too. Uh, between different groups of friends, I have different personalities that I have. Like, you know, I'll be crazy Dan or like, you know, uh, whatever. And I feel like um, I actually just saw, you know, everyone shares memes and stuff like that. I, I saw a, a meme where someone was talking about the same thing, like they have different faces for everybody, and it, it was kind of, you know, making a joke about it. But um, it, everyone, I feel like, um, and my, my wife has said this before, at this point, um, I think we found out that everyone has some form of anxiety in, in some degree or another. Yeah, either, you know, or not. we can agree on that. Yeah, yeah, and um, I feel like all of anything that you feel, there's bound to be somebody else feeling like that, and... The healthiest thing to do is to bring it out to light and, and kind of, uh, and maybe not indulge it, maybe that's the wrong word, but kind of, you know, uh, examine it and, and see, you know, what's going on with that. And, and I think that's a healthy thing to talk about and, and you know, just go from there. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a wrong thing. That's a, a legitimate fear that I'm sure other parents feel, you know? As scared as you are that there might be something wrong with you, the worst alternative is there is something wrong with you and you don't address it. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, point Very there. true. Yeah. And in all honesty, I don't think you're schizophrenic. I think your yeah, mom that, probably a... said that because, again, because of your family history, you know, and Just when fear, you yeah. lay it out the way you do, you're like, you know, I've got my masks and I pick which one I want to put on. Anymore. <laughs> it, you know, I jokingly said you sound like a serial killer because 
kind of sounded like a serial killer. <laughs> but, it, it, I mean, let's break this down. So you've got Dave, who's just the most comfortable with the people that he's comfortable with. It's like you've got your circle of trust that your wife and your brother and your friends are in. And then you've got Show Dave, who feels well, like... realistically, it's you two, mm-hmm. my wife, my sister-in-law, my other sister-in-law, quite honestly, Doug also, mm-hmm. my brother-in-law. That's it. Yeah. Like, so those are the and people, Artan. So those, are, those are the people that you show. Artan's always that. Don't forget about Artan. Oh, shit. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, um, Arthur, Arthur, Arthur. <laughs> Arthur Halpert. Um, not Artan. Was it Halusi? Smith. Or? Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith. Um, so, He's so caught the, now because of you. <laughs> oh, damn it. Um, so you've got regular Dave, who that's just because you're comfortable, you're, you're safe. You've got your the Rican show Dave. Um, because probably, probably because you were a fat kid at one point mm-hmm. and got picked on and people didn't like you yep. and you developed a complex. So you, the people that are not already in your circle of trust, you're like, I got to get these motherfuckers to like me. So you put on a show and then you got the, the un, you know, resolved anger issues probably because of your upbringing and a lot of stuff yep. that went on in your household. That's the reason probably most likely you have three different faces. It's not because you're schizophrenic. It's because you have had to adjust to deal with Car- certain... Compartmentalize. Yeah, to yeah. deal with certain things. To be, you know, um, you, you have your safe space with your, your friends that you're safe with. You had your, you weren't liked at one point and you didn't like that you weren't liked. So you go out of your way to try to be liked in certain circumstances. And then you had your, like you guys talked about on the last, you know... Uh, podcast where you know it wasn't necessarily that safe so you had to meet that with anger to protect yourself and your brother and that's probably just as simple as it is honestly yeah I I agree but there's still the as logical as you can lay it out there's still the little bit of fear right that's anxiety it's motherfucker. it's not wrong yeah that's a form of anxiety Uh, just you know dwelling on something um you know, I, I don't think it's unhealthy as long as you address it, you recognize it, and, uh, you know, you just uh, address it in a healthy way, you know. You're a great father, you know, to both your kids. You, your son's a great kid. He's hyper as hell, but he's uh, a problem with him kid, is he's you know? so smart. Yeah, he's too smart. Yeah, that's he's, his only problem. He's annoyingly fucking yeah, smart. He knows uh, what the fuck's going on. He knows how to get what he wants. He knows how to, like, you know, he, he knows shit, but he's a great kid. I, I, and I, I do think you put an unnecessary burden on yourself. Yes. Um, that could be true, and too, like, yeah. like, I got to be a leader, and I got to, sh- you know, do this for my son. I got to do this for my daughter, and I got to, and dude, you're going to you're gonna fuck up. Can, you're going to fuck up. Can I explain why? And your son at some point will hate you, your daughter at some yeah, point will 100%. hate you. And then they'll become adults, and they'll be like, hey, thanks, Dad, you did all right. Can I explain why? I probably know why, but go ahead. Our grandparents. Right. Our parents. You are the first in the Rivera side. You are the oldest. You're in charge of your brother. When your grandparents pass, when your parents pass, when your parents are sick, you are in charge. Yeah. You step the fuck up. You do what the fuck you need to do. You are the face of this family moving forward. Yeah. But who's to say they were right? They were also just parents. But I think like, they're right. Right. That's the problem is I think they're right. Right. Because at the end of the day, if shit hits the fucking fan for you, right. I am going to do whatever I need to right. do to be there and for you. And I would do the same for you. Absolutely. And you know what? Cut that away. Same for you. Mm-hmm. You are my family as well. Mm-hmm. Our grandparents are gone. When our parents are dead, or even when our father passes and our mother is, you know, assuming our father passes first, 
our mother's there, I'm going to feel responsible for her. Right. I felt responsible for grandma once grandpa died. Mm -hmm. That is why I was so close with her. At the end of the day, everything that I was raised on that was fucking hammered into me and ingrained into me just fucking just every fucking day. You are the leader of the family. You're going to be the Rivera. You're going to be the head of the household, blah, 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 blah. Right. It's left the mark that I, whether it's psychosomatic, whether it's brainwashing, whether whatever it may be. Whether it's anxiety. Or anxiety. I agree Mm -hmm. with it. Right. This is my responsibility. You die tomorrow, that woman over there, she ain't doing shit without me making sure I'm on top of her. Right. Because you're you moving in my room. Phrasing, <laughs> phrasing, phrasing. Whether she likes it or not, phrasing. she's fucking living in one of these fucking rooms. Phrasing. Because she's fucking moving. Lindsay, you're moving in. <laughs> this motherfucker dies, you're moving in. You said her name. You revealed her identity. Oh, God. Oh, the colors. Colors. You're living here. <laughs> and Ness looks so concerned right now. Fuck her. <laughs> Don't worry about it. But if you died, right. I would feel absolutely responsible to make sure she was okay. Right. But that's just who you are. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And, yes. But it was ingrained in me. Right. And I feel the weight of... So, our cousin passed. Right. I feel recently I've been dropping the ball because how I consume of work and kids and everything else that I have not been touching base with every single one of his children. Right. And I feel horrible about that. Right. And at the end of the day, it's not my responsibility, but I feel it is. Right. Because they are alone in the sense that their dad has passed. But they're my family. Mm-hmm. And even if I'm not financially, physically, anything else taking care of them, I can reach out. I can say, hey, what's going on? Tell me about your day. What's going on? And I feel I've been dropping the ball. Right. That adds to the stress of my day. Because I feel like I'm failing. What did he say about you? I can't and a part of that is because I feel responsible for this whole family. Right. My wife's family. Shit hits the fan. Anything goes wrong. She tells me, you know, don't worry about it, etc., etc. I still do what I feel is right. I still get involved. I still have conversations. I still call people on their bullshit because they are my family. Right. And it's just... The things that were hammered into me, I almost... Not not only did I accept it, I embraced it. Mm-hmm. And it just leaves me in this weird spot where I'm just like, I want to do all these things. I want to take care of everybody. But... At the end of the day, I have to push all that aside to make sure my children are okay. Well, and that I'm okay yeah. and that my wife is okay. Uh, the best thing to do is just set priorities and, like, you know, uh, you are only one person, can only do so much. None of that is your, besides your children, is your responsibility. I mean... And that's the fucked up yeah. part. I feel like it all still is. I get that, yeah. It's, um, uh, uh, again, about setting priorities and, and what's, you know, best for you. And, uh... And I try to push myself as the last priority. Right. And that is where, going back to where we all started with this, the masculinity aspect of a man takes care of his family, Mm -hmm. but the anxious and anxiety side of it is like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening to me? Right. So, I I guess then, you know, 
it, it goes to the, the definition of a man. We'll, we'll go back to that. I mean, um, oh, that's easy. We, we should be able to say, well, what, what's, what is a man? What? It's a miserable little pile of secrets. <laughs> secrets. What is it from? It's Castlevania. Something is it? Like, oh, what right. is a man? Miserable little pile of secrets. I don't know that one. But is enough it? talk. How about you? Castlevania the game? Uh, yes. I'm sorry. Fuck. I'm sorry, Bob. So yeah, I know. Right. I failed as a nerd. On the, on the PlayStation. Yeah. I, I, I didn't play that one. I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I didn't right. want to let you down on, on yeah. national yeah. TV. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... You did. <laughs> um, it's okay. It's only going on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I want to do the video version of this, by the way. Yeah? No, I gotta lose weight. That would suck, man. I, I wouldn't want to do that. I'm too fat But, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with any of that. And, and uh, again, I feel like a man is defined by... You know, um, finding what is right and, you know, taking care of it no matter what the cost. If you feel this is right, this is your responsibility, you take care of it as best you can, you know. And that's the definition of a man. If a man feels like, uh, you know, doing something that's not classically manly, speaking about his emotions, that takes a certain amount of courage. Especially since knowing that if you feel like other men are going to make fun of you or, or whatever fear that there is in, in you know... Uh, uh, masculinity today um, being able to just come out and say like hey like I'm fucked up like I don't know what to do it takes a certain amount of masculinity because that takes a, a lot of you know personal admission you know admitting that you're at your weakest moment or at a weak moment and, and there's nothing wrong with that that takes a certain amount of strength to do yeah you know? well I, I think Dave's problem is Dave's been told since he was a child that he was the heir to the Iron Throne of maracas and car parts. Yeah, I got him in trouble a couple of times. Uh, so. Car parts. <laughs> no, no, no. I was trying to think of a second thing, and I'm like, I'm going maracas. I know it's the wrong type. It's the wrong breed of Hispanic. Just car parts. Uh, just car parts. It's all fused <laughs> together. It's like one day, David. From 1997. <laughs> so, how fucked up is it that I sell cars, being in the mess that we've been in? Our father was a psychopath who built rebuilding cars. Oh, right, right, right. And here I am. I sell them. At least you're not selling a, a, a station wagon Corvette hybrid. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. The dream is to do that. <laughs> this baby can fit so many kids in the back. Wholesaling and transporting would be would be zero to sixty in point three seconds. Um, <laughs> Give your kids permanent brain injuries. But you know, you probably again, you should probably go talk to somebody who can kind of give you coping skills because you I have. have Hmm? I had bourbon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had aggressive that's sex. That's good. That's not how you become an alcoholic I just, at all. I, I just um, choke her while I come. That's yeah. it. I'm fine. That's None of that is okay for it's you. It's part of my kick, right I swear. Your children may listen to this someday. <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> you imagine that? Like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, that's a, Why did dad, dad choke mom? My dad was the worst. Or they, or by then, they'll probably think, like, well, that's all they did was choke each other. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's tame. Um, They're talking about their, their feelings. Dad like... pulled a Ghana, mom, and she pulled a sword. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, you're you're taking a good thing, which is kind of being like, you know, oh, I got to be there for my direct family. I got to be there for my extended family. And I, you know, I got to do what I can. And you're almost taking it like this giant weight on your shoulders. Like, I got to just, if I can just fix everybody, I just got to, I can fix their problems for them. And that's, that's going to lead you to some type of breakdown at some point. You are going to take so many burdens upon yourself while also not taking care of Dave that you will at some point crumple. I, I'll be honest with you. I feel like I, every day I step closer and closer to snapping. Okay, so good. So we've identified that. <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest. I don't know. I'm being 100% serious too. So, like, so you can see it coming. So now you can kind of get ahead of that and start going like, okay, I got to let off the gas. 
and I don't even know how to say this, like, good, bad, or indifferent, like, I even take you into that consideration. Like, I worry about you. I worry about you a lot. Yeah, I shouldn't, I'm fine. But you, even though we are not genetically related, the yeah. two of you are my brothers. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, you two are my brothers. Right. And... You're supposed to bang the table. I mean, if anything, I'm the oldest out of the three of us, so Are I feel like I should be worried about... Oh, you're about, January, aren't you? I am, yeah. so I feel like I should be worried about you, David. He's been dropping the ball. <laughs> well, no, you're just doing, doing such a good job. I, I'm actually quite pleased with how well you've done that. <laughs> I take a lot of credit for your success. Um, and I feel like I'm finally ready to start working on me now that I feel like you're... <laughs> now you feel like I'm, now I'm that you, you let me out, out yeah. of the nest. I'm like, you know, you guys are both settled in your lives. I can finally start working on Bob. Well, I'm happy for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I worry about you. I worry about him. I worry about my wife. I worry about my sister, both my sister-in-laws. And it's just... Again, and not to beat a dead horse, all of this is anxiety, Dave. You're worried about problems that don't even exist. But is that... Don't anxiety? unmask the monster. That's the, the trick. You just but, gotta But bury here's it. the fucked up part. It's like... I'm not comfortable unless I'm spending time with him. That's what you find passion in. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong But I'm, I'm saying it. that monster of... I have expectations. Right. If I'm not spending time with him, I'm not comfortable. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I gotta sit in that room and look at look at the monster that is there, and I go, "What's up?" You gotta feel like you're on the edge all the time. There, there's nothing wrong with that. And I love it. I love it. And that's the fucked up that's part. Well, that's, that's the extremes coming in again. You are the most type Aist type A that type A anywhere. And it's hilarious because I don't think I am. Dave also has zero self awareness. <laughs> like I, I genuinely do not think I'm a type A person. No, I think you, I'm this laid back fucking. Do you? I'm laid do back, you? Bro. Do you? But like, <laughs> well, there's a difference between being laid back and being like, yeah, yeah, bro, you do you, but you, and that again, that's really when Show Dave comes at. Like, you want to own the room. Like, I want to own everything. But you find I want to be king. But, but I want yes, and I find passion in being king. Right. I find passion in leading. I'm taking napkins and throwing them I, up I, in I'm exasperation. I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. I just, I think I'm so laid back, but also I want to be the king of everything. Like, I'm super like, bro, you do you, bro, but also, I want to rule the world. <laughs> the whole world. Um, again, sometimes, I, I hope you play all these back and really listen, listen to, to yourself. I do listen to them. And take notes on the bullshit that you say sometimes. <laughs> but he, here's the fucking schizophrenic side of me. It is the fucking fact that I want everybody to live their life, enjoy right. themselves, but at the end of the day, fall in line. Listen, here's here's a, the type of person that I see you. You're a very, this is what I want. You, you very easily identify what you want, um, whether it's taking care of family, which is a high priority in your mind. Um, it, whether it's a sale and you're going to sell some anybody on anything because I've always considered... Or you wear glasses while we're cutting a tree stump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or trying to sell me on, on fucking... You know, being insistent, that's another thing, just worrying about people. You're, you know your priorities and you go for them and you find passion in it and you find life in it and there's nothing wrong with that. Sure, you, um, you, you, you are worried about it being unhealthy and that, that's great as long as you're examining it and you're you're taking other people's uh opinions into account like am i going too crazy no all right you know like being balls to the walls all the time um in <coughs> everyday life there's nothing wrong with that you're, you're checking up on family and you know some people need to be go 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 and this is your go 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 you go from work your kids well first your kids your work 
your extended family, your closer family, your extended family, and you know you check up on that and you find passion in that. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. You know, you you get used to working and you work hard, and that's part of your life's job. You know, you you're just doing all that shit. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't think you know you should be worried about. You're being schizophrenic, uh, your your kids are great. Like you know, you've got great shit going on for you. You know, you got a great job, you got a great house. You know, you got great kids, you got a great wife, and you know, you you're just finding life in what you do. There's nothing wrong with that, man. You yeah, know? but also you're a dick. You're also kind of a dick. You are a dick, and 100%. you're okay with it. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, I am. <laughs> so like tonight, fucking, you text you you text Vanessa who's doing shit, and she misses the text. So then you text Dan. Or, or you come, you got in communication with Dan <laughs> I texted somehow. Dan, then I texted Lindsay. Yeah, so, hey, um, I need a bottle for the baby. And Dan, Dan's literally like, oh, Dave, Dave needs a bottle. And Vanessa's like, okay. So she starts putting the bottle together. And then it's immediately, <laughs> door flies open. I need a bottle sometime. And as she's like putting it in the microwave to heat it up, and we're just all like, wow, Dave is a dick. Because <laughs> type A Dave didn't get the bottle in 20 seconds. I'm gonna be honest. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you you put your kids uh, in uh, rightfully ahead of everything else. You know, fuck it. My baby needs a bottle. <laughs> Dave's gonna be laying awake tonight, staring at the ceiling, going, "Oh my god, I'm a schizophrenic with anxiety. <laughs> I'm trying to control everyone's lives, and I'm gonna die before my children like, become adults." Me. He's just gonna be staring at the ceiling, He's gonna be fucking Bob and Dan. So we're gonna close this. We're gonna close this now. So toxic masculinity <laughs> so, is. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we went on a good journey tonight. Yeah. I like the journey we went on. They're both bitches. That's yeah. what I'm going to go with. <laughs> Pretty much. And I'm okay. I'm okay with the innovation. <laughs> I'm already with the I feel, I feel like uh, Dan and Bob, with all the self-committed uh, uh, mental problems here, are the most well-adjusted two at the table. Right. right <laughs> I'm the mess. We're going to go with You that. are such a mess. I am the fucking mess. You are such the a mess. The most stable mess out of all of us. David, take us home. So, gentlemen... Thank you, Rick and Rant. We talked about masculinity. We're talking about anxiety. We're talking about the whole deal. It is a convoluted, difficult, not easy process to discuss and break down. But at the end of the day, we are all people. We're all different types of men, and we have to help and support each other. At the end of the day, I love my brother. I love my other brother, Bob. And I love my family. And... As long as you are taking care of the people that love you and you love them, that's all that matters. Because if you take care of your family, your family will slowly breach out from there. So, from there, we move on. Anybody else? Cheers. Napkin dropped. Later. Later.